Morning. Morning. Hey, I hope you guys are doing well this morning. Um, as we, we are starting a new series this morning, um, but here's how I normally don't start my sermons out. If you have your Bible, go. You can go ahead and take them out. <laughs> All right. Take out your phone. Um, and you can turn to Matthew chapter 14 if you'd like. And if you have your phone and you have the U Version Bible app, you can actually. Uh, Go to Matthew 14, and in the top corner, when it says pick versions, um, you can put the Passion Translation, because that's the one I'm reading out of today. Uh, but if you, It's Matthew 14, but I wanted to ask this question to get us started this morning. Have you, ever, have you ever been asked to do something that you didn't feel quite qualified for? Anybody? You with me? Uh, or, or you feel like you've been asked to do something, and your, your ability is limited in, in, in what... In, doing a quality job. You with me? I feel like that every week standing up here, okay? So don't fire me, okay, please. I love what I do. But that's, that's how I feel sometimes. But I think oftentimes yeah, we, we, we often get asked. We often get asked to, to, to do things in our job. Maybe it's your job. You've been asked to do something that you don't know if you have the ability or you're, or you're qualified to do. Or, or maybe, you're, maybe you're here and, it's, and you were asked to coach a little league team. I was asked to help coach a little league football team. You can ask Justin. I know nothing about football other than you get it in the end zone. You get what I'm saying? And we didn't do that very often. Okay? As I told you, I coached with him one year. The next year, I was the head coach, and the only touchdown we scored was off of the interception the whole season. Okay? I don't know if that was the players or if it was me, but I'm going to take credit for it because I'm the coach because coaches always get fired, right? See you later, whatever his name is now. We don't even remember his name, right? We, we often get asked to do things that oftentimes we feel limited in, right? We, we don't feel like we're qualified to do those things. And, um, and maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's like you're, you've been asked to do something that's driving you out of your normal comfort zone. Anybody with me? You ever, have you ever been put in a situation where you're out of your comfort zone? You're like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, you ever find yourself in a room, and we're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks, find yourself in a room full of people that's a whole lot smarter than you? It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's way uncomfortable, isn't it? I wonder how many times we've found ourselves in comfort and are out of our comfort zones and facing our, our, our limitations being stretched that we kind of give up. I wonder, I wonder how many of us feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to step out into something and to do something or be something in, in, our, in our walk with, the, in, with our walk in faith. And you're like, man, I don't know if I can do that or not. It can be something as simple as sharing your faith at, at work or taking that dinner across the street to that neighbor. You're, you're feeling the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and you're like, I don't know if I could take that step. I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't know if I'm, if I'm ready to do that. God, why are you calling me to do this? Because I am not equipped to do that. And what we're going to find out in this series is that if he's called you, he's going to equip you. you with me? That's why we're starting this series called Stepping. And just so, when the graphic is up on the screen so nobody freaks out, we are spelling it S-T-P apostrophe N, because we're cool. And it's pronounced stepping, all right? I believe the Holy Spirit is leading me this morning to tell you, and and really to tell me, and it's this, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Alex wanted me to make sure she knew when to take notes. Here's the thing, this morning, if you're taking notes, here's what, here's what I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to tell each of you, is that God wants you to unlearn your limitations. God wants you to unlearn your limitations. In fact, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you are not limited. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in 
us. We can keep on stepping, y'all. We can keep on. God wants you to unlearn your limitations. Am I doing a good job, Alex? Okay, good. See, see, I don't know if you're going to be quite ready for this, but the last thing, the last thing our enemy wants you to realize this morning is that you, you, your potential to be a kingdom builder. You're, the last thing that the enemy wants you to wants you to know is that you are capable of so much more than you could ever think or imagine. In fact. He, like, he, he will often throw blame. He'll throw in some shame. He will try to intimidate. But you've but you got to understand this morning is that you are called to step out. You are called to step up and take action. Now, I've often heard one pastor say this in regards to what the, what the devil does to us by intimidating us. He, he, this is what one pastor said. He says, the devil may have a big hammer, but he doesn't have any more nails, y'all. He can't keep you there. He can't. He may, he may wield that hammer around saying, look, look at this, I'm going to nail you on this, but he has no more nails. Jesus threw them away a long time ago. And this morning, since he doesn't have any more nails, it's time for you to get up. And it's the title for today. Get to stepping. Get to stepping. Stepping into what God has for you. Stepping into, stepping into the, to the freedom God has for you. Stepping into the call that God, because all of us in here are called. I'm going to say that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there's no such thing as someone being called to preach or any of that. It's not true. It's not. Because we're all called to be a priesthood. Now we all have gifts. Now all of us are called to stand on stages and sing. The only places you need to sing is in the shower. But we're all called to praise so don't let somebody like me stand up here or Cody stand up here or anybody else that stands on a stage saying we're called. No, 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 no. We're all called to get to stepping. To get to stepping. You see, when you take your step, when, you take, when you're taking your step in, into what God is calling you into, it's a, it's a step of confidence. You're like, Derek, I'm not very confident right now. Like, the whole reason I haven't stepped is I have no confidence in what I feel God's calling me into. But here's the thing. You're taking a step of confidence knowing that you don't know what's going to happen. You think I know what you think I showed up yesterday knowing that the computer was gonna go out? You think I, I was a little bit nervous stepping up here, not having my cheat sheet up there? But I stepped in confidence, knowing that it's not really about me. It's about the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit's gonna do. It's it's not about it's not about knowing what's gonna happen. It's about knowing who has called you. Because when you know who has called you, then you can just step right up to, to, to hell's gate and say, hey, you don't want to, don't go in there. I, I believe we should get on the edges of hell, y'all. And be like on the very edge and just snatching people. They still smell like sulfur, y'all. Get out of there! We can step in certainties. We can step out. You, you, you're taking your next, next step in this uncertainty it can sound a little crazy, but, but what we're going to see in this, in this story today is that there's a difference between certainty and confidence. In fact, here's what you need to know about confidence and certainty this morning is that certainty is knowing how. This is, Alex, you can take notes on this one. Certainty is knowing how. Confidence is knowing who. Who has called you? Because if the king has called you, you can walk right up to that throne. Let me show you. Jesus has just fed 5,000 people. Well, it's, uh, in fact, let me say this. 
The Bible says 5,000 men plus women and children. So let's just say on average every person had, every 5,000 men, man, had one wife and one child. That's like 15,000 people with just a couple, couple baskets of, or a couple of loaves of bread and some fish, y'all. He's wore out. He's, he's wore the plum out. He tells, he's about to tell his disciples to go across to the other side of the lake. We're going to pick up the story. So if you have your Bibles, take them out or your phones. I told him this morning, is it weird that it, you hear a pastor say it's, it's kind of odd holding a Bible on stage and reading out of it? Is that kind of weird? <laughs> I'm so used to reading it from there. Here's in Matthew 14, if you have your Bible, starting in verse 22. It says, As soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and go to the other side of the lake because there's something that's going to happen on the other side of the lake. Like they don't know it, but Jesus knows it. Go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. And after the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. And as night fell, he was there praying alone. Here's the first time that it's okay for like women and mothers, it's okay to need alone time. I know oftentimes that we go into bat you all go into bathrooms and that little hand is reaching for you underneath the door and you're just sitting there trying to do your thing. Jesus is like, I gotta get my kids on the other side of the lake, y'all. Jesus needed some alone time. Some of us mamas, some of us daddies need some alone time. Can I not just pee in peace for one minute? Somehow Jax always finds his way into the bathroom. No matter how, how many padlocks you put on the door, he always finds his way. And I'm like, get out. You stink. No, I don't. Don't know. Jesus needed some alone time. And here's the thing. Jesus is telling them to go cross over the lake. Who's telling them to cross over the lake? Jesus. And they listened. They were obedient. And he says, I'll be there in a few. I'll be there in a few. And he goes on the mountain to pray. He goes on the mountain to pray. And let's, let's kind of see what happens here in Matthew 14, verse 24. It says, But the disciples who were now in the middle of the lake ran into trouble, for their boat was tossed about by the high winds and the heavy seas. Who sent them there? Jesus. And if Jesus is unknowing, he had to know a storm was coming. You with me? In fact, it says he went up on the hill praying. If you know anything about this geological place where Jesus went and prayed, this hill that he went and prayed on overlooks the very lake that his disciples are on in the middle of the storm. So not only did he send them to the middle of the lake knowing there's a storm coming, but he's there on top of the mountain overlooking it. And it's oftentimes in those storms when we feel like Jesus is nowhere near. This story tells us that Jesus always sees you. That's a note. Jesus always sees you. His eyes are always on you. He's praying. I bet, I bet he's, he's like God, he's the Father in heaven. Let them see me in a way that you've never seen, they've never seen me before. And the disciples are down here panicking. You know? Well, if we get tossed over, I'm sure they're bailing water out the bottom of the boat. I told you, Peter, to patch that hole up. It's all your fault, Peter. It's always Peter's fault. But his eyes are always on you. Let's, let's, let's keep reading. Verse 24. But the disciples who were now in the middle of the lake ran into the trouble, for their boat was tossed, tossed about by high winds and heavy seas. And about four o'clock in the morning, so it was daylight when they left, y'all. 
It was daylight. He sent them home. Sent all the people home. Sent them across the lake. And it's four o'clock in the freaking morning. You ever, ever been in a storm that long? Or circumstance in life where you're like, man, where, where is God? <laughs> like, this seems like it's going on forever. About four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the waves. Hold up. When the disciples saw him, Walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, A ghost! Have you ever seen God do something in your life? You're like, I don't know if that was God or not. <laughs> they don't know, they didn't know what, they've never seen anybody walking on water before. Then Jesus said to them, so not only were they scared that they were in the middle of a storm and we might die, but now they're seeing a freaking ghost. And here's, I, I'm going to give you a little history lesson. Back in that culture in those days, they always said, if you're in the middle of a storm and you see a ghost walking on the water, you're about to die. You see why they were terrified? You see a ghost in the middle of a storm while you're out in the water, you're, you're kiss your life goodbye. They often related that to the angel death coming to take you away. They thought their life was over. I wonder how many of us find that our life is over. We feel like our life is over because we're in the middle of a storm and it seems everything that we're working for is dead. God, you told me to come out here. In fact, you sent me in this very vessel. You, did you send me out here to die? It's a ghost. It's dead. No more. You want to see what Jesus' next words to him were? When they yelled, it's a ghost. Listen, the disciples give me hope because sometimes they can be idiots. Like, that makes me feel good about myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay to be, like, I was telling somebody yesterday on the phone. Like, if people knew, realized how dumb I really was, you know? Pretty knows. Just don't ask her, okay? This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, be brave. Good one, Jesus. I'm in the middle of a storm. There's a, oh, wait. Ghosts don't talk. <laughs> be brave. And don't be afraid. I am here. And that's a weird phrase right there. I am here. It's a reference to the, the, the tetragrammatron is what we used to say in old Hebrew class. It's the unspeakable name of God. I am. It's Yahweh. That's why Jewish people won't use or even write down the full name Yahweh. Because it's the unspeakable name of God. And it's Jesus saying, I am here. I am here. This tells us, here's what we know about the storms or circumstances that we face in our life. Those seasons we feel like, like we can't see through is that, I'm going to say this twice. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. It's a long one. The storm or the circumstance that you find your life in, the storm is never meant to punish us but rather to prepare us for the I am. The storm is never meant to punish us, but rather to prepare us to see the I am, to see Jesus in ways we could have never imagined. He's breaking all sorts of stereotypes. When you're supposed to see a ghost walking on water, it's supposed to be death, and now Jesus is coming to give them life. The storm is never meant to punish us, but rather to prepare us to see Jesus in ways we could have never imagined. See, most of us, when we're in the middle of storms, when we look for a way out, we look for a way out instead of looking to the one who can calm the storm. 
We, we, we look out and we're looking for, we, we, we have these expectations on how God is supposed to move and, and how he's supposed to calm this storm. And this storm ain't calm, and so we quit looking for the ghost out in the water and we start looking for all these other things. Maybe if we lower the anchors, maybe we keep bailing the boat. Maybe if we keep pushing this and pushing that, maybe, maybe, we, maybe it'll be fine. Maybe the storm will come down and we'll survive instead of looking to the very one who's standing out in the water going, be brave. Don't be afraid. I am here. See, our perspective changes. Our perspectives change when we look to the one who can calm this storm. Because nothing else is going to calm that storm in your life. If he says to me and you to be brave and to, and to have confidence, then I can be brave and I can be confident in the storm and the circumstances that are in my life right now. Because not only is his eyes on you during the storm, he is in the storm with us. You're like, Derek, I don't know about that. I don't feel Jesus. Where was Jesus when, when the three Hebrew children were thrown in the fiery furnace? Wasn't it the king who said, I look in and I see, didn't we throw three men in? I see four and one of them looks like the son of God. You look at Daniel and the lion's den. Where, where God literally comes and shuts the lion's mouth. It's in the middle of our storms that he often reveals who he really is, allows us to see him in ways that we could never dream or imagine. That's why we go back to what we've been previously talking about. We've got to drop our expectations, y'all. Those, those expectations that we grew up being taught that we should believe, maybe God's wanting to do something new in your life. Maybe he's wanting to walk on the waves to you. And you're, you're looking for him in so, in so many other ways that you're missing him walking right by you. It's like the story that uh, one of my good friends, I heard from one of my good friends. I know it's not his original story. I know it's been around, but um, I had a friend, his name was Dan Lishan. He died not too long, just actually a couple months ago. And he, he, he told, he, we were talk, having a discussion basically around, around this same idea. And he told this story about this man who was caught in a flood. And he was praying for God to come take him out of this flood. And so, uh, a, a kayak comes by and the guy says just hop on my kayak well I'll get you to the highest point and he goes no I'm waiting on God to save me and the water gets a little bit higher it's up to his chest and he says he, in a boat a bass boat a skeeter and he's like yeah give me that bass boat that skeeter He's a, that skeeter comes by, and he goes, come on, hop in my boat, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get you to safety. He goes, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. The water gets a little bit higher, and he's now having to pedal. Paddle, not pedal. See, that's what happens when I don't have that up there. And a helicopter comes by and drops a ladder, and a man climbs down. Give me your hand, we'll lift you up out of there. He goes, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. Then he dies and gets to heaven. He goes, God, why didn't you save me? And he says, I sent a kayak, I sent a skeeter, and I sent a helicopter. We often look for God to save us in ways or intervene in ways that he never intends to intervene. We've got to keep our eyes open. I don't even know where I left off in this. But he's with you in the storm. We gotta start looking. We gotta start looking harder. We start, we gotta start looking for a ghost. We gotta start looking for a ghost. 
You see, the enemy wants you, wants you so distracted by the elements or the circumstances of your life instead of where Christ is asking you to step into. You see, just, just, just like in this story, on the other side of this storm, on the other side of this lake that you've been asked to cross, there's miracles about to happen. That It's in this story. If you read past where we're going to end, there's miracles that happen on the other side of the lake. There's a, there's a miracle waiting on the other side of your storm, on the other side of your, of, 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 your, of your situation. But the question becomes, where are you putting your eyes? Where is your confidence? Where is your confidence? Let's keep reading and see what happens. Verse 28. Peter shouted out, because you know Peter's always the one that puts his foot in his mouth, right? This is from the first song we sang today. You ready? Peter shouted out, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. Have me join you on the water. Listen to Jesus' response. Come and join me, Jesus replied. He wants you to come participate. He wants, he's, he, that's, that's, that's Jesus saying, get to stepping. Get to, hang on, big boy. Get to stepping. So Peter, you ready? Stepped out into the water. Not only did he step out into the water, it says, and began to walk toward Jesus. Now, if you grew up in church, Josh, what happens next? He his eyes off, and what happens? He sinks. See, most of us who grew up in church were like, yeah, we know this story, and we're like, we're going to give Peter a bad rep. He sank. Where was his faith? Have you ever stepped out of a boat? I'm not going to say what I was about to say. He was brave enough to step out of the boat. Are you brave enough to get to, get to stepping? Are you, bra- hey, John, are you brave enough to get to, hey, would you step out of a boat in the middle of a storm? Like the, wave, the waves are crashing in. It's thunder, lightning. And Jesus says, come on. And Peter does it. So you can, give, you, can give, you can give Peter all the crap you want to. But I don't see you stepping out. I don't see you crossing that street taking that meal to your neighbor. You with me? See, I know there's going to be somebody in here going to give Peter some shade. But at least he had the confidence to step out of the boat. Jesus told him to get to stepping, and he did. The storm is raging. The wind is still blowing. It's still in the middle of the storm. The storm hasn't been calmed yet, y'all. You want to know why? Because often our calling to step out is birthed out of trial. Take a note, I want you to write that down. Often our calling to step out is birthed out of trial. Some of the greatest ministries in the world came from pain. Some of the greatest businesses in the world came out of pain. Shift Church came out of discontentment, out of, of this holy discontent, this pain, that there had to be more than what I was experiencing. It's often our calling to step out often happens in the middle of our storms. So the question becomes, what is he asking you to do in the middle of this circumstance? Maybe for you, 
maybe for me and Brittany, we've had a small discussion maybe in the midst of the stuff that we're going through is maybe when all this is over with foster parents. We talked about it once. Because it's scary. Or maybe it's adoption. Maybe for you it is to start that business. Derek, I don't have the money. Well, it's a storm. Y'all, y'all should have seen the stuff that I had to go through to start Shift Church. You with me? Often, our calling to step out is birthed out of trial, out of pain, out of sorrow, out of a holy discontent. It's it's because it's in the storms that that toughen the branches on the trees outside. There's this, you know, the not the movie Biodome. Don't go watch that, kids. But there was a real experiment done of these trees would grow the biggest apples you've ever seen, but they weren't strong enough to even hold the apples up, so the apples would break off the limbs and fall to the ground. The reason storms are important is because it makes you tougher. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's on just popped in my head. We should have done that one this morning. Yeah. I'm a survivor. I'm going to make it. It's the storms that toughen the branches of trees. It's the storms that give us legs to stand on and step out. The reason you went through what you went through in life is because, is because God was building you to this moment of going, you know what, I am going to step out of this boat. I'm going to have confidence, not in, in, in the how, but in the who has called me. It's in the storms that toughen the branches and the trees, the storms that give us legs to step with. And why, and, and why, why is it why it's during the storm? Why is it during the storm? And it's because of this. Remaining confident isn't a feeling. Because listen, I feel confident right now, but I also feel a little bit weak. The remaining confident isn't a feeling. It's not about feeling brave. It's not about... It's not about knowing the answers. It's not about knowing exactly how everything works out. Remaining confident isn't a feeling. It's a decision. It's a decision to be confident. This morning when the kids were up here practicing that dance, I said, do it with confidence. Do it with confidence. Because if you, if you choose to have confidence, it doesn't matter what happens. It matters on who you're doing it for. Remaining confident isn't a feeling, it's a decision. And how, how do you know this, Derek? How do you know this? And here's, here's how I know it. In Matthew, Matthew 14, verse 19, well, not verse 19, sorry, 29, it says, Come and join me, Jesus replied. So Peter stepped out onto the water and began to walk toward Jesus. That's confidence. That's confidence. But when he realized certainty, when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord! He cried out. Save me, Lord. It was obedience in Christ that was calling him to, step, to get to step in. But when he saw the storm, he lost confidence. Too many of us look at our circumstances around us and try to find our confidence in us 
and our certainty of us. I'm going to go back to what I know is certain. We begin to sink back to, to our old life, to our way, old way of living because we're comfortable there. We know that. We know that. We know. It was obedience in Christ's call to get, get... When you step out in obedience, the storm is going to look rough. It's going to look unmanageable. It's going to look like you can't make it over that next wave. But we've got to know that where your confidence comes from determines when it runs out. Where your confidence comes from determines when it runs out. If our confidence is on, on our, our Creator, we're unstoppable. In fact, you want to say something funny? How, much his, how far his confidence got him? Look at this. Turn the page here. In verse, going back to verse 30, it says, But when he realized how, so we'll actually go back to 29. Come and join me, Jesus replied. So Peter stepped out into the water and began to walk toward Jesus. But when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried. He was close enough for this to happen. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand. And lifted him up and said, what little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? See, doubt is the enemy of confidence. Doubt and confidence are both choices. And that, in the very moment they both stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. And all the disciples bowed down before him and worshipped Jesus. And they said in adoration, You are truly the Son of God. The great thing is this, is that what this last part tells us, that even if you do lose confidence and begin to sink, because you took steps closer to Jesus, because you took steps closer to Jesus, Whatever external limitations you have in your life, whatever external limitations you have in your life, God will reveal to you an internal grace that is greater. Whatever external limitations you have in your life, God will reveal to you an internal grace that is greater. See that question that he posed to Peter there when he says, why do you doubt? Why do you have little faith? It isn't. I'll, if you read it, it's not really condemning. It's like him saying, you had it. Look how close you were. Like, I was close enough to just reach down and immediately say, like, we're so much closer than we even realize we give up too soon, y'all. So the question becomes, are you going to get to stepping? Are you going to step out of that boat? You're like, Derek, that sounds real pretty. I don't know if it sounds pretty or not. but Derek, that sounds great. But I don't know if I'm qualified. to. Do you think Peter was qualified to step and walk on water? No. If you know anything about buoyancy and gravity... He was limited in his, like he probably, he probably could run really fast and get the first couple steps on top of the water, but no, nah, I'd even doubt that. I tried it. 
Let's not hit the water. He wants you to unlearn your limitations. So he's asking you to have confidence and step out of the boat. Are you going to get to stepping? Next week, we're going to look what stepping looks like. All he's asking you today, today is to do is take that step, whatever that step is. Let go of your limitations. Quit listening. Why would you let your enemy dictate your next step? You're letting a defeated foe decide who you are. And Jesus saying, you're a water walker. Look how close you are. Don't give up. Don't quit fighting. You have so much potential. Let's lift the limitations and get to stepping. The God, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here this morning. I pray as we close out this service, God, I just want to say thank you that your spirit was here. Even in the midst of chaos, uncertainty, you're still here. God, my prayer for us this morning, and really through this whole series, and really the whole, our whole life, is that it's always been about taking our next steps. So God, I pray that this morning somebody takes their next step and being obedient to you in whatever that calling of their life is. Maybe for some it's to take that job. Maybe for some it's to, it's to, to take in that kid. Maybe for some of us it's, it's just as simple as saying, yes, Lord, I will follow you. And let us live a life that says that same power that lives in us can, can, can allow us to be water walkers.